This is the Content Strategy Experts podcast produced by Scriptorium. Since 1997, Scriptorium has helped companies manage, structure, organize, and distribute content in an efficient way. Welcome to Episode 2 of the Content Strategy Experts podcast. Hi everyone, it's Alan Pringle from Scriptorium Publishing. I'm here with Sarah O'Keefe and Bill Swallow. We are together in the same geographical location for a change. So we thought we would have a conversation about why structured authoring is so important. And I'm going to throw it out to Bill and Sarah. What is structured authoring? Structured authoring, this is Sarah, not Bill. Structured authoring is... The process of creating content using software that tells you whether or not the way you're organizing the information is valid. So it's kind of like having a template, but instead of just having a template that you maybe ought to sort of follow, the template itself says, oh, you didn't put in a title, and that makes this content invalid or structured incorrectly. So what happens is that... Um, Structured authoring means that you have not just a template, but a template enforceable by the software. And hearing you say that, some people may think, that sounds really hard. Why do I want to do that? So why would someone or a company want to do that? Bill, you? Well, a company would mainly want to do that if they have a a large amount of content that they're trying to manage. And rather than having... um, extensive style reviews and um, other you know factors of managing this content uh, manually they can use this allow the structure to dictate a lot of the conventions that they're using and be able to set themselves up so that they have consistent content that they can start reusing and there's another aspect that I just thought of based on what you just said in addition to that consistency Another big benefit of structured authoring is because you are focused on the content. Generally, with structured authoring, you're not focused so much on the formatting. Those things are kind of separated. The template analogy is is, is pretty strong here. When you're working in a desktop publishing program, FrameMaker, Microsoft Word, or something along those lines... You use a template and you apply like a paragraph style to a paragraph so you don't have to manually apply that this is this font, it is this size, bold or whatever. It's done for you by the template. Going to structured authoring takes you to an even other level where all of that formatting information is separated out. So for example, if you have, let's say you have a piece of information that is in a section, and that section has a title. Well, based on how deeply nested that section is, will determine the formatting of that title. So if it's the first section at the very top of your hierarchy, it'll get a bigger, like, heading one. But if you put a section underneath that, where it's like a child, it's underneath, that means you get a heading two automatically. So as an author, you don't have to think, is this a head one or a head two? Your software does that for you. Right. The software only cares that it's a title. And, you know, the title can be rendered however you want. And the really great part about that is not 
necessarily that it's separated so it does it once. It's separated so that if you move that topic around, you don't have to re-tag it ever. Right. So if it suddenly jumps from a heading one level to a heading three level, it the formatting it, you know, will be just taken care of. You don't have to re-tag it. So validation, automated formatting, and then the third one is metadata. Yes. Um, what you usually get with structured authoring is the ability to look at your information, oh, sorry, not look at your information, but look at your content and label it with labels that describe it. So this particular chunk is for an expert audience or a beginner audience. This particular chunk is about a particular product or only applies to a particular product family or other kinds of descriptive uh, things that you can do with those chunks of information. And what that buys you down the road is the ability to filter and remix and repurpose that information. So we've kind of talked about you know, a couple of different things because it, you know, you've got the, the structure, what is structured authoring? And then there's also what does it mean, right? And right. what you guys are saying is, well, it means automated formatting, which saves you money and makes your content more consistent and therefore better. Um, and it also, in addition, well, not in addition to, <clears throat> automated formatting becomes more and more critical the greater your volume of content and the more languages you translate into. Because if you're localizing your content, then that expense of formatting is uh, removed from every single language, not just from your source language. Right. Yes. And with structure, usually you have a chance to leverage the content a lot more than you could with unstructured content. So you're able to reuse uh, not only entire, ch- you know, large chunks of content, but even small discrete pieces of content. And that further reduces your overall localization spend because you're only writing the content once. Right. So what you're doing is you're adding intelligence to your content. You are cutting costs, especially in regard to formatting, and it also really fosters reuse. Um, And a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, you will have a system that will manage all of your, your... structured content so you can search it and find the source content more easily and then in turn because it's got that metadata that intelligence built into the source it's easier for you as an author to locate the bits and pieces that you want to use or maybe reuse and then add the conditional content that we were just talking about so there's this like multiple layers the intelligence helps you both on the authoring side and it helps you on the output side so you can create very highly customized, conditionalized output, whatever that may be, web pages, web help, PDF files, whatever. Yeah, and you started with the question of, you know, isn't this hard? And it, it, it's, it's not easy, but neither is unstructured authoring, right? So it's just no. hard in a different way. Yeah, you have to define what hard means to you. <laughs> but if, if the question is, I don't like following a template, and this sounds like you're going to make me really follow the template, then the answer is yes, that is the case. Yes. Yeah, and it. there are a lot of people who are very, very good with desktop publishing tools, and that is a, and it's an admirable skill. But you're going to have to channel that knowledge a little differently when you're working in a structured authoring environment. And to go a little negative, because I'm good at it. Um, I have no comment. There are, there are some people in 
technical writers, people in marketing, that they are very good at the formatting and making things look good. But when you really work, look at the content, it's not really there. So they can kind of camouflage the fact that their content is not good by making it look really pretty. Um, that's hard to do in structured authoring. And when people don't quite have the writing skills or maybe the product knowledge, you're starting to get into an area that you're really going to have to look at change management. And that's another conversation we probably need to have a little bit here and maybe in in a future podcast because you're talking, yes, it's that horrible phrase, paradigm shift. It's been used way, way too much, but it is true. And you've got to really think about how making the switch is going to affect everyone involved in the content. And that starts with the content creators. Change management. And it's, it's a culture problem, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. if the culture has always been, as long as it looks good, it goes out the door. Um, and now you're switching to, no, you're evaluated on the quality of your content. Um, I mean, I cut my teeth as a frame maker formatting person. Same here. So... <laughs> I think all of us did. So it's pretty painful to say, no, that's not, that's not the thing. Um, what matters is producing really good content and then letting the tools automatically format it for you. Right. Yep. Um, at the end of the day, unless you're producing for your fellow technical writers, it is really, really, really likely that the people consuming your content beyond a baseline minimal level of formatting competence just really don't care that kerning that really bothers me and you and probably our audience they, they don't care they, no. they just don't care they want the information that matches exactly what they want when they want and the format they want and they do not care about how beautifully spaced those letters are on a page 99% of the time they mm-hmm. don't or what weight you put to the font exactly as long as it's readable, quasi readable, or exactly. quasi reasonable. Yeah. So, so how does somebody know? Um, you know, what what are the characteristics that say? What are the characteristics that say this document or or this environment should consider structured authoring? That's a good question. Um, if you have Isn't that code for, I don't know the answer. I'm no, it's not code. It's, it's it comes down to it depends. Uh, um, the consultants. Favorite catchphrase. I hate that catchphrase, but it's the one that fits every single time. You use every it. <laughs> single case is different. But it really comes down to, you know, how much repeatability do you have in your content? How technically precise is it? Are you writing content that is going out to a wide audience, or are you zeroing in on a very specific um very specific group of people with very specific needs? Uh, if your content uh, is very informal, very engaging, you're going to have a harder time, not necessarily moving the structure, but you might have a lot more difficulty, uh, a lot more difficult time uh, being able to reuse a lot of that content. And I'll take some of the things that you said and go even further. A lot of the reason you want to do it, you got to look at your business requirements. That's the bottom line. You do not implement structured authoring because it's fun. You don't do it's it because because it's, it's not fun. <laughs> or all the cool kids are doing it. Well, no, we're not. No. So see that. you have to look at 
What are your requirements as far as localization? Because that's one sweet spot where you can really pay for this because it does take a lot of effort and money to set these things up. And the savings that you can get from not having to continually reformat localized content, that will help pay for this a lot. Reuse, so you're not writing the same thing 400 times because you can't find it. That's one thing. The intelligence that's built in also helps pay for this. So you have to look at what do we need to do with our content and figure out from there, is this a good fit? You don't just do it because you want to. That's not a business reason. And I think so many of our customers, they show up and they say, I have a, I, it used to work, but I can't do what I need to do in my current workflow, whatever right. that may be. It's not scaling It or doesn't whatever. scale. It's not, it, it used to be okay, but too many languages, too many formats, too much volume, too, the conditionality is too complex. I can't handle it in an unstructured workflow anymore. So they're looking for a way to uh, have something very flexible Mm-hmm. and configurable right. and then I guess the other piece of it because I think you covered like 95% of it but the other piece of it is that uh, because you decouple content and formatting in structure and add metadata you can deliver on weird things that nobody else is doing um, content that needs to go into some really weird one-off format because it needs to go into your organization's proprietary software development workflow. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's not a commercial tool out there that's going to give you something that works in that in that type of requirement. So sometimes it's uh, we take it as an approach or as a foundational technology because it allows us to deliver on the requirements where there isn't sort of an off-the-shelf solution. Because it's a neutral way yeah. to store content. You are not as... A lot of times with desktop publishing tools, you are very much tied into a proprietary software. With XML, it's a little freer in that regard. And that's not to say I, I shouldn't conflate things here. There are proprietary tools that work just fine with XML, but there can be some bells and whistles in there that are particular to that tool. Uh, And that's probably also another discussion for another day. It is. The difference between XML and proprietary XML. Yeah. So there's... Yeah. (laughs) That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) It it is. And and we're we're, we're trying to keep these... Reasonable. Reasonable. So you're not sitting here listening to us blather on for an hour. So I think at this point... We're going to wrap up. I do want to point our listeners to some resources we have on XML and structured authoring on our website. Please check out the show notes. Uh, There will be links there. Uh, We have a white paper on structured authoring in XML, and we have some other uh, case studies and other things that may help you get a better handle on how this might uh, help out your organization. And with that... Well, if you have any other questions at all, you can reach us on the contact uh, page for our website, which is scriptorium.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of our profiles are also linked yeah, we from our website. Those. We'll include them. So, yeah, just check out the show notes, and you can see information about how to contact us and get some resources on structured authoring and XML. And until the next time, we're signing off. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.